Welcome to Classic Comedy of Old Time Radio. I'm your host, Ron Ecklebarger. Here we go with the Bob Hope Show. This is episode number 541 of the Bob Hope Show, which originally aired on January 7th, 1953. Here now is Bob Hope with his special guest, Jack Benny. <laughs> And now, here is Bob Hope. Thank you. Thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen. I want to tell you, we're having wonderful weather out here in California. Nobody knows whether it's spring, summer, or just a big hole in the smog, but it's real nice. Smog can get pretty sick. It lifted in our neighborhood the other day, and we discovered the vacant lot next door is now called the May Company, North Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, it's a wonderful time of the year. This is the time of the year when the kids begin asking questions about the birds, the bees, and Zsa Zsa. <laughs> this is the time of the year everyone gets that certain feeling. I was in a drive-in theater the other night, and the actors stopped acting and just watched the couples in the cars for a while. <laughs> The warm weather has affected everybody. The other night on Dragnet, Jack Webb was driving the patrol wagon with the top down. <laughs> you know, the local papers have been running the same weather report fair and sunny every day for six days now. They've had to run the same report. The weatherman got lost in the fog on the way to work. <laughs> no, I spent Sunday on the beach, and in the first 20 seconds, I had a beautiful tan. It was very becoming, but it's the last time I help anyone pull the cork out of his coffee thermos. <laughs> I had it with cream and sugar yet. Everybody was at the beach. It was so crowded down there, I could only get one little spot of sunburn. And I wouldn't have gotten that if the lady next to me hadn't had a pierced ear. such crowds. The beach was so crowded, I swam for an hour before I even got to the water. <laughs> but I love to relax on the sand and watch the beautiful girls taking a sun bath. They have to relax. In those bathing suits, they break the law if they move. <laughs> I won't say the gal's suits are skimpy this year, but when a girl drops her handkerchief, she isn't flirting, she's in trouble. girl suits are made of DuPont nylon. I finally realize what DuPont means when they say better things for a better life through chemistry. <laughs> and I want to tell you, that's the studious beach down there. You know how they said make you take a shower before you can go into the pool? Well, they made me take one before they let me into the bathhouse. <laughs> I swam around in the ocean from one in the afternoon until after dark. I didn't intend to, but I was wearing one of those plastic bathing suits, and I found out it dissolves in water. <laughs> but I had a wonderful time. I drove down to the beach, and just to give you an idea how the traffic was, I've been in heavy traffic before, but it's the first time I ever locked bumpers, and they were both mine. <laughs> California's jammed with tourists, too. I passed 50 cars from other states. That's how I knew they were from other states. They let me. <laughs> There are a lot of out-of-state cars on the road. You can tell by the pictures on the license plates. Idaho has a potato, Iowa has an ear of corn, and California has a roll of bandage and a splint. 
And there's a big difference between the traffic in the east and in the west. Back east, everyone drives as though they know where they're going. Out here, they drive as though they know where they're going. They've already picked out the pallbearers. <laughs> Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Now let's get on with our show. Hiya, fellas. Well, Margaret Whiting. <laughs> Margaret, it's wonderful having you on our show. Well, thank you, Bob. No, I mean it. I've enjoyed your singing on many occasions. It's refreshing to find someone so gifted in voice and at the same time so delightfully charming. Gee, Bob, what graceful manners. You know, when I took this job, I didn't know I was going to meet someone from the old world. <laughs> old world? That's the nicest compliment I've ever been stabbed with. Well, Bob, I didn't mean it that way. I know you didn't, Maggie. I'm very glad you're with us because you're going to be a great help as our singer. That's what we want. New people, new approach, new thoughts, new music, new ideas. Hello, Bob? Who are you? Your old band leader. You're fired. <laughs> Now, where were we? Oh, sorry, Les. I was carried away for a minute. Maggie, this is Les Brown. How do you do? How do you do, Maggie? I've enjoyed your singing on many occasions. It's refreshing to find someone so gifted in voice and at the same time so delightfully charming. <laughs> Les, I just said that. I know, Bob, but I wanted to hear how it would sound with a better delivery. <laughs> to the band, Les. Your air pressure's leaking. Crazy, Dad. <laughs> well, Bob, I know I'm going to enjoy working with Les. Oh, I'm sure you will. Oh, excuse me, Maggie. Come in. Hello, Bob. Jack Benny. Wow. This is great, Jack. Oh, don't mention it, Bob. I figured the least a person can do to honor an old friend is to drop in and pay his respect. Well, I'm still warm, you know. <laughs> Field, you sound like the advance man for Forest Lawn. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Bob. I didn't mean that the way it sounded. Oh, forget it. I really appreciate your coming over here as busy as you are with radio, television, counting. <laughs> I'm a guest, and I haven't had a joke yet. <laughs> oh, it's, it's nothing, Bob. Yes, it is. I'm really touched. Jack, you're a genuine person. You think of other people. True. True. <laughs> you're the type of guy who'll go a long way for his friends. True. You're, you're good and kind and considerate. I know that if I asked you, you'd give me every dollar you've got. You can kid about it if you like, but this is a very generous thing you're doing, Jack, dropping in on my show. Well, Bob, there's a slight misunderstanding. Misunderstanding? Yes. I'm not here entirely on my own. You see, the head of the company sent me over here to supervise your show. <laughs> you supervise my show? Now, Bob, look, don't get all worked up. Look at it this way. I've had a long and very pleasant relationship with the company, and you've just joined up. 
In a manner of speaking, I was here before you. You were here before anybody. <laughs> I don't get paid for this either. Well, really, Jack, you're pretty brave coming down here and telling me what to do. Things aren't going too well for your type right now. They caught Grandma, you know. In my Charlie's hand costume. <laughs> what I don't understand is why they pick a guy like you to supervise my show. What have you got on the company? Nothing, nothing. I merely help them in an advisory capacity. As a matter of fact, I was instrumental in your program being selected. Oh, really? Yes, the sponsor couldn't decide. Now, it was between you, Gabby Hayes reviews the news. <laughs> a dramatic show called Grace Jordan, Girl Frogman. <laughs> and you voted for me. No, you were my second choice. <laughs> I wanted Grace Jordan, Girl Frogman. <laughs> then why didn't it go on? We couldn't find a leading lady with webbed <laughs> Yet to read a line that silly. I've never had a line murdered like that. So you see, Bob, I really have your worst, your best interest. And it would help matters if you'd cooperate. All right, supervisor, tell me what kind of a show you want, and I'll do it. Well, I think it should be something startling and different. For instance, one of the things that really made people talk was that birth of a baby on television. Well, don't be silly. How can I have a baby? I'm on radio. Well, you can try. I've had enough of this, Jack. I'm going to call the head of the company and get this straightened out. Imagine them sending you over here, the big show business expert. What do you mean by that? I can tell you in five nasty words. The horn blows at midnight. <laughs> you got your money back. <laughs> and here is Maggie Whiting... Here 
is a heart that is lonely. Here is a heart you can say. Here is a heart for you only. That you sitting back there observing your show and making notes. Well, you know, neatness is a very important thing on a big show. For example, when was the last time you had that suit press? Well, just this morning, of course, I made the tailor hurry. His back room was drafty. <laughs> well, Bob, you can do that so much better at home. Now, I put my trousers under my mattress for a few hours, and they come out pressed perfectly. Well, why don't you try that? My mattress doesn't weigh as much as yours. a branch of the Bank of America. <laughs> hey, Jack, please don't tell me how to wear my clothes. Bob, when Mr. Cleaves, the head of the company, gets here, we'll settle this whole thing. Meanwhile, just proceed with your show. What are you going to do? We're going to do the road to ballot. See, isn't that a rather crude title for a picture? <laughs> oh, Bally. <laughs> B-A-L-I. <laughs> Same mistake. I thought they named the picture after Bing. <laughs> Bob, Bob, Mr. Cleves is here. Oh, send him right in. Hello, Bob. Well, hello, Mr. Cleves. Well, hiya, Jack. Oh, Herbie. Nice to see you. I've been, um... <laughs> I've been wanting to apologize about those tickets I sent over. I'm sorry they were only on the 49-yard line. <laughs> Let me, let me know when you want to use our house at Palm Springs. We can move out at a moment's notice. Herbie boy, you look wonderful, you old horse thief. <laughs> Anybody got a spoonful of bicarbonate? <laughs> Mr. Cleese, may I ask 
ask a question? What was it you had in mind, Bob? Uh, I don't understand why you sent Jack Benny down here to supervise my show. Calm down now, Bob. Before you condemn Jack, let's hear what he has to say. Maybe he's got some ideas. Well, I've got my notes right here, Herb, and just to make them clear, I sort of put them in the form of a report card. Good. Let's hear it, Jack. Well, first, there's effort. Bob, I've marked your show A-plus for effort. You're all trying very hard. <laughs> oh, thanks, teacher. Can I carry your head home from school? Now we come to the heading, performance of star. Bob, I can't decide whether to mark you F-minus or L-plus. F-minus or L-plus? Yes, you're right between fair and lousy. <laughs> Doesn't it? Now, Bob, I want you to understand there's no professional jealousy in this. Not much. Now, Bob, let's not have any recrimination. Get on with the show. Yes, sir. Tonight, we're going to dramatize the road to balance. Oh, splendid. As long as Jack is here, why don't we have him play Bing Crosby's part? Jack Benny play Bing Crosby? Too unbelievable. It's like having a tub of butter play a tub of lard. <laughs> I think uh, Jack should do the part, Bob. Can we get on with it? Yes, sir. All right, Les. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we present The Road to Valley. My name is Harold Gridley. I'm a soldier of fortune. I'm traveling with my buddy, George Cochran. He's a big, strong, handsome brute. That's me, folks. <laughs> what an idiot. He's got all his marbles. The only trouble is he carries them in his pocket. <laughs> Ten days out, the weather changed. The wind picked up. The waves got rough. And all of us on board were sick. It wasn't the waves that made us sick. <laughs> that night, the storm increased. Mountainous waves crashed over the ship. We were caught in a typhoon. The end was inevitable. In the distance, I could see barefoot natives walking around in rags. Could it be that I had landed at Santa Anita? <laughs> I was lying on the sandy beach of a tropical island. Suddenly from the jungle, a native girl came walking toward me. She was beautiful. Dark eyes, flashing white teeth. And in her long, flowing hair, she wore gay red shells with the lobsters still in them. <laughs> Hello. Me boy. You girl? Welcome to my island, friend. Island? Yes. The surface manifestation of a subterranean convolution entirely disassociated from any neighboring protuberance or excrescence. Me boy. You girl?
welcome, friend. I am Princess Lala. I will help you. What happened to my ship? Oh, I fear it went down with all on board. You are the only man to survive. In fact, you are the only man on this island. Well, you, you mean I'm alone here with a lovely dish like you? Oh, this is my dream come true. Cast away in a desert island with the most beautiful girl I ever saw, and I'm the only man with no competition. <laughs> Evelyn and her magic violin. <laughs> it would sound better, but I'm using an eel for a G-string. <laughs> Mrs. Lala, this is my friend George Cochran. George Cochran? Yes, but my friends call me Jaja. Gee, <laughs> Princess, you're gorgeous. You're a knockout. Just the way you look at me. My heart is pounding. I mean it, Princess. You're exquisite. You're adorable. You like me? Like you. Me boy, you girl. <laughs> way I can express it is <laughs> at his age you can't tell if that's passion or Alka-Seltzer now look Harold I got just Harold now look Harold I got just much right to talk to the princess yes Jaja what's that the cannibal tribes on the next island. Run! Run! Gene Krupa with them? <laughs> too late. Too late. They got us surrounded. Look, here comes the chief. Onga, donga, hama, hama, lupa, landa, ula, bura. Oh, now look, chief. Please don't kill us. I'm a very funny man. I can tell you jokes and keep you laughing all day long. Listen to this one. A musician was sitting in his apartment banging away at his piano. It was late at night and he was making a lot of noise, really beating it out. And the landlord walked in and said, Hey, do you know there's a little old lady sick upstairs? And the musician said, No, but hum it. <laughs> Look, Chief, you don't want to kill me. My buddy here has a lot of meat on him. Now, wait a minute. Look, Chief, I can make you happy, too. Onga? Onga, Duba! Oh, Chief, why did you do it? Imba, Ida, Onga, Dura, Moka. What did he say? He said he had to kill Benny before he was a cannibal, Chief. He used to be a violin teacher. <laughs> best of everything from all of us at home to all of you wherever you may be. We're behind you all the way. This is Bob Hope saying keep up the good work and so long for now.
Maryland Television Service. that Jack and Bob keep referring to and who makes a brief appearance on the show is the new sponsor that Bob Hope had beginning with this show. That new sponsor is Jell-O. Jack Benny's radio program had been sponsored by Jell-O, which was part of General Foods, from 1934 to 1942. Now, a decade later, Jell-O was sponsoring the Bob Hope show. So, they thought it'd be funny to bring in Jack Benny as a guest. Because even 10 years later, Jack Benny and Jell-O were still a combination that was well-known. So the gag made sense to the listeners. Now, what made the show seem a little confusing for someone listening now is that the episode comes to us from the Armed Forces Radio Service Archive. When a show was rebroadcast for service personnel, all commercials and references to the product being sponsored was removed. That's why Jell-O was never mentioned in the show, even though that's what the show was all about, Bob's new sponsor. And that's why it seemed a little confusing to us. Too bad we don't have a copy with all the commercials and the Jell-O references in there. The show would make a lot more sense. But even so, it was pretty funny. Please send your questions and comments to host at ClassicComedyOTR.com. Come back next Wednesday for another episode of The Bob Hope Show and check in on Friday for the next installment of The Life of Riley. Until we meet again, in the words of Amelia Earhart, the most difficult thing is the decision to act. The rest is mere tenacity.